children's center Good morning, spiritual family. How are you this morning? <sighs> well, this morning and this moment, I see and feel the oneness of the many. And I give thanks for this wonderful community, for the love that I feel, for the love that surrounds me and that is me. I give thanks for everyone who showed up to support Reverend Tony and to support the practitioners here today. I'm so grateful for this and so much more. And so it is. Blessings for every one of you. Blessed be your very life, your every breath, your thoughts, and your feelings. Well, I'm going to start off by saying um, this is the second time I've ever spoke in front of anybody, in front of people. I mean, I teach. I like teaching, and I, I'm very good at that, I must say. It's how I hit myself on the shoulder. But to speak in front of people is like, oh, my God. So when Reverend Tony um, approached me and asked me would I speak for 10 minutes, I stopped, and I said to myself, I thought, why not? Didn't I tell you that I don't like speaking in front of you? <laughs> uh, my mind went crazy. I was like, uh, no. And then when I opened my mouth, I said, of course I will. And I said to myself, who said that? Why did I say that? <laughs> and I realized Reverend T uh, Tony, and it's been um, something that's been sitting with me to, to start really stepping out of my comfort zone. So this is it, and here I am, and I'm going to probably read most of this. <laughs> um, so this morning, David Hilburn and Leon Morales and myself will be speaking at, on and about wholeness. Um, Ernest Holmes states that this is a universe of wholeness, allness, oneness. Mary Kersu says... Our body, emotion, mind, energy, body, and soul together form the whole person. It is only by dealing with each part of the whole within the universal whole that we can have vital and energetic health. The free dictionary defines wholeness as containing all components, complete, not divided or disjoined not wounded or injured or impaired. And last but not least, the Bible defines it as the state of being perfectly well in body, soul, meaning the mind, will, and emotions, and spirit. Well, I know that there is nothing separating me from wholeness, allness, of God, of the universe, and of the one power and presence. And that is God in its fullest. God is everywhere in its fullness. I know that spirit lives and has its being in, as, and through me. 
that everything I need to know is right here because God is right here. Spirit is right here. Everything I want is right here. Whatever it is, is right here. I am the microcosm of the macrocosm. <clears throat> so why can't I purposefully access this information? What is blocking my ability to download what it is I need and what spirit would have me do? Why, why do we face illness? Why am I, why is there drama in my life? Why, you know, you ask yourself all these questions. And living from wholeness, being receptive and open to receive means removing blockages and aligning yourself. Blockages that come in the form of false beliefs about yourself and about others, misconceptions and not knowing the truth of who you are and what you are and living from that truth. There are some techniques used to uncover the truth, to help yourself uncover the truth, help yourself to release your false beliefs um, that we practice here at the Spiritual Center and that hopefully, you know, will spread out and everybody practices. <laughs> um, the first one is called positive prayer. Also, spiritual mind treatment is another uh, name for it. The reason why we call it positive prayer is because it's not a prayer of beseeching or begging. It's a prayer of acknowledging the truth of who we are, of making ourselves fully aware of it, and opening that space up, and knowing that all that we have is already here. So it's not a prayer of a beseeching the prayer of acknowledging spirit and what spirit is and where spirit is and how powerful spirit is and that spirit is everywhere. It's a prayer uniting yourself and realizing that these things are who you are, that these things dwell inside of you if you truly understand the concept that God is everywhere. And I think that's like a lot of people, a lot of the big problem that we have don't really get that it is all right here within you. And then it's a, spirit, a prayer of um, realizing the truth of who you are, realizing the truth of the situation that you find yourself in or the thoughts that you're thinking and coming to the truth about this information, the truth about what it is that you need to know and what it is that's going on in your life and who you are. And it's a prayer of thanksgiving, giving thanks for knowing this and being aware of this and bringing this into your consciousness and a prayer of helping you to live from this place, from that place. Then we have meditation, another tool where instead of speaking to God, you're quieting yourself down and listening. You're quieting yourself down, you're slowing your mind down, you're slowing your body down, and you're leaving yourself open for guidance and direction. Just leaving yourself open to hear. You're breathing. You're feeling the breath that's breathing you. You're feeling the vibrations that are vibrating you, the vibrations of spirit, that it is alive, moving in you at all times. Meditation is wonderful. And through that meditation, truth is revealed. Purpose is revealed. What you need to know is revealed. And I found for myself, Sometimes the answers come through my meditation 
And sometimes after the meditation, during the day, people, angels, and everybody's an angel. You never know. A child can say something to you, comes to you, and the information is revealed. Visioning is another technique that we use. Visioning as opposed to visualizing. Visioning is asking the question, what's God's highest vision? Visualizing is visualizing what it is that you want and seeing it happening and all that. But visioning is asking that question and being quiet and listening for the answer, listening for words that come in your mind or thoughts that come in your mind, a color that may come in your mind. And you write these things down and you use these things to maybe help guide you and, and, and to receive what it is that you're, you're to do. Another is mind. Staying in the present so you can respond and not react. Okay? Observing yourself. Observing your feelings. Observing, why did I respond like that? Why did she really make me mad? Oh, because she had an attitude and I don't like her voice. That's not the real reason why she made you mad. It's something that was brought up from for you. A belief that you have about yourself. That you need to dig deeper when you find yourself responding that way or feeling that way. And, 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 you know, like I said, stay mindful and don't react right away, but start asking your own self the questions. When you are mindful, you are in control of your life, not re reacting to people you're responding to. Self-realization journey. Uh, where you discover things about yourself. I've been on vision quests. I've been on, I've gone to a Vipassana, which is a form of meditation, which allows you to feel that own vibration, but without saying own, you create it in your body yourself, and it helps you sweep out the blockages. It's a long technique, a wonderful technique. Um, so there's many types of workshops that you can that help you dive deeper into what it is that you want to know and improve yourself. And of course, we have the yoga, tai chi, and the reiki, uh, which you're going to hear about a little bit later. It's another wonderful tool for help clearing out issues and blockages. And and uh, last but not least, um, working with a practitioner. Because a practitioner, we have a practitioner on a regular basis, and they are gifted with asking the right questions when you come to them with whatever it is you need help with. The practitioner will help you ask, will ask you the right questions. They don't tell you they're not supposed to analyze or whatever. They just ha have you constantly talking and getting going deeper and deeper and deeper yourself. Because you can't, it won't work if somebody's telling you what to think or analyzing. You have to analyze yourself. Uh, and as we know, there's spiritual principles. Spiritual principles are laws, just like uh, gravity or whatever laws, the laws of nature, how it works. And there's spiritual principles uh, related to health and healing. Some of those, one of the principles are all of life is the outpicturing of consciousness. All of life is the outpicturing of consciousness. It all begins with 
where your consciousness is, your light is out picturing you. That's what you'll see where your consciousness is. There is a mental cause for every physical condition. And thanks to Louise Hay, you can get her book and look it up. <laughs> uh, a healing is a revealing uh, of God within. What does that mean? A healing is a revealing of God within. A revealing of truth. And that goes back to, you could be going through something or a, a misbelief about yourself. And once you discover the truth about yourself, you are healed in that area. Healing is a revealing of the God within you. The omnipresence of God, meaning God is everywhere in its fullest, even in you. God's self-giving is constant, infinite, and eternal. Spirit is always, always giving. Spirit is always saying yes. Always. So words are powerful. Thoughts are powerful. And beliefs are powerful. Because spirit always says yes. Living in oneness is a healed state. When you're able to release in the moments that you do have, when you and you let God that's a healed state you're open and receptive you can receive what it is you are meant to receive it's a beautiful state you may not be in it all the time but you have experienced that everybody in here has experienced that when they just knew, know what they know and they know that they've been it's been a direct link um, the soul clothed itself with a body to fit its needs. What does that mean? The soul clothes itself with a body to fit its needs. What you need for a revealing and healing to take place is experienced. If not on a physical level, then on a soul level. You know, you may have someone may have an illness, a serious illness, and eventually they cross over. But during that time, they've learned about themselves and they think have been revealed and, you know, they, the truth has come to them. They've cleared out a lot of issues. That's a soul level healing. They still may cross over, but they've healed on a soul level. And one of my favorites, it is done to you as you believe. If you believe you can do it, you can. If you believe you can't do it, you're right, you can't. Uh, there's others, there's, there's spiritual uh, principles that, that govern or that are more stronger under health, healing, uh, uh, careers, relationships. So there's these, there's, there's um, spiritual principles that we know of and that we're still discovering, but they are, we, we have a list of the different healings for these different areas. The spiritual journey, the journey of self-wholeness, is an ongoing journey of, wow, ooh, did I say that? Did I believe this? <laughs> no, it's an ongoing journey. It consists of unpeeling layers of false beliefs about ourselves and others, uh, race consciousness. Oh, that means that's what the whole race, what we've been in tune to, taught to think and do, and embodying the truth of who you are what you are, and living from that truth. 
And I affirm that today and every day I set my intention to discover and release anything that blocks me from knowing the truth of who I am, whole, perfect, and complete. And so it is. Thank you, Letitia, for those powerful and wonderful words. You have nothing to be nervous about. <laughs> Thank you. And so next we're going to have Leon Morales, and he's a part of our Reiki team. I'm going to let him introduce himself. Thank you, Dexter. I know most of you, and probably most of you know that I'm a Reiki practitioner here. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I am very honored to be here when Reverend Tony asked me to be part of this. I ask myself in the group that we work with, you know, this is a great honor for us to actually talk about what we do here. Because different from the practitioners that work and do treatment work, we do something that we either taught externally from a, another Reiki master or with one of the Reiki masters here. So it's sort of a self-journey. So that's what I really want to describe today, and I call it our show and tell because that's really what we're doing. And I know we do our, our little bit on the time press because Dave's got a lot to say today, but I'm, I really want to educate you a little bit about Reiki, Reiki, what Reiki is. Do any of you know the term Reiki? Can I show a hand? So probably about 50% of you. How many of you have actually had a Reiki treatment? Actually, a little more than actually know about it, so that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> that's good. Actually, you probably have had a Reiki treatment. You just don't know it. Uh, so I've been a member here since 2013, and I actually was drawn here from my spiritual teacher, Mimi Williams. She um, actually is the person that was most influential on this path, and there's a couple of, uh, in this group that actually were part of that group back in 2011, Constance and Javi. It, it was such a powerful time for me. Because I really was at a very sort of a point in my life where I was at the lowest, sort of had left my corporate job at Cox Enterprises, and was really trying to figure out what the purpose of my life was. And I met Mimi at the psychic fair of all places, and I was just at a point where I'd ended a relationship, and I just was looking for my purpose. And so I worked with her for about two years, and then I had a situation happen in my life with one of my best friends who was undergoing uh, kidney failure. And he was uh, on the donor list. And I was quite traumatized by that because I didn't know how to help him. So I went to Mimi and I said, you know, how do I help my friend Robert? He has all the money that he ever needs. How do I help him? He lived in Texas and I had lived here in Atlanta. And she said, have you ever studied Reiki? And I, I didn't even know what the term was. So I started uh, researching what Reiki was. And it is life force energy. And we all have the ability to actually administer Reiki on ourselves and other people. And so I really want to talk a little bit about how that journey for me was, because in 2013, I actually was with Robert during his kidney transplant. And I did Reiki with him sort of outside the, uh, the surgery room and in recovery. And he was 63 years old and really, and he's HIV positive and a lifetime of sort of health risk. And he actually overcame sort of what I would say probably he had a 20% chance of actually surviving, and he is thriving today. He still has some challenges, but I do Reiki with him, and I study 
uh, Reiki remote energy as well, which we do here at Trinity. So I want to talk a little bit about what we do here as a practitioner group. So as I said, I've been a member here since 2013. Believe it or not, I'm actually a CPA. I actually uh, went through college. I was in the Air Force, went through college, and sort of was very tied to sort of that uh, that world of, of business. And, you know, I think I got to my 17th year of working at Cox. And I was like, there's got to be more to life. And so I left. And I didn't really even know what I was going to do. It was kind of a spontaneous decision. And that's really, again, what started me on this path of self-discovery. And that's when I met Mimi. And then I got uh, introduced to Trinity. And all the people that are here, and whether you're a practitioner or you're just sort of one of the devoted members, all of us have the ability to do healing. You may not realize it, but we all do. And I think at the world of the Internet today, you can see there are a lot of self-help sort of discoveries that you can have. There's lots of um, modalities around energy work, and that's really what we're doing here is energy work. And uh, it really does start with the seven chakras. If any of you have studied meditation, we know that we've got seven chakras. And sort of their little energy centers, and they start from the top down to the, uh, to the sacral chakra. That's really what we're doing with Reiki is when you're laying on the table, we're sort of tapping into that auric field to do healing. Because we all carry, every day when we're sort of presented with things that happen to us um, that can be negative, you know, turning it into a positive can be very challenging, especially everything that's going on in the world and the media. You know, you've got to keep yourself very centered. And that's really what the basis of Reiki is, is keeping yourself centered. There's a lot of great videos that teach you how to do sort of self-Reiki. So I'd encourage you to do that. Do you also know that there are 400 hospitals around the U.S. that actually have a Reiki program? It's pretty amazing. Probably most people didn't realize that. And whether they actually advocate it or not, most of the nurse practitioners go to a Reiki attunement and, and use that. And then family members, sort of with cancer, most of the cancer centers do practice Reiki. So uh, I encourage you, again, to do research on that. Now, one time, to get you sort of oriented around what energy is, Mimi taught me, if you think about two tanks that are like sitting next to each other, one's completely full, and that's you. And you have another member, family member or friend that comes to you, and they're actually very depleted of energy, very low vibration, we call it. Think about that, because you may have this high vibration, but that person's going to, if you're around them long enough, it's going to normalize to the point where they're zapping your energy. And that's why you really try to stay around sort of the, the folks that are sort of high vibration. And you could teach people to be a little bit better about raising their vibration, but that's really at the crux of what Reiki is. So you're really trying to, to energize those, those energy centers in your body to keep your vibration high. So I encourage you, if you don't know about how to do that and you're sort of in a situation or a relationship that's really taxing you, and sometimes it's a family member. They could be completely low vibration. You feel you know, it's your, your earthly duty to stay in that relationship. And sometimes it's not healthy for you. So it's important to know how to balance that. So I'll give you a little bit of history around why do we call it Reiki, because a lot of people think, well, if it's that available, why does it have a name? Um, which is a very valid point. So there is uh, the origins of Reiki starts with a uh, master called uh, Mikhail Yusuri. And he... Uh, had been a practitioner, and he actually discovered and started a center in 1822 around what 
great he was because he realized that he was healing people through his hands and through a practice. And he really developed what we call Reiki today, and there's sort of a methodology that we use, and we call it, we have three uh, levels of Reiki. There's level one, which is self, self uh, Reiki or self-healing. It's really learning how to tap into those seven energy centers and work with yourself, sort of bringing sort of light energy around you and keep yourself sort of grounded, raising your vibration. The second level is what we call sort of you're able to actually work with other people, uh, transferring sort of the energy from your hands because it is life force energy. And it's typically done on a massage type table and you can actually clear their their energy fields and, and sort of that uh, uh, the healing around that individual's sort of auric field. And after the, after the treatment, they typically feel pretty good. So any of you that have had Reiki here uh, probably can speak to that. You sort of feel pretty good afterwards. Um, so that's level two. Level three is what we call master level. And that's where we can actually teach it to other people. And from the very start with Mikhail Usuri, he passes the lineage. We call it an attunement process. It's a formal process that we go through to teach it, and we use symbols to, to actually uh, to teach that. But that's really what you're tapping into as a master, to teach it and pass it on to others in this lineage. And I really wanted to take the time right now, because we have uh, several masters uh, and practitioners here at Trinity, and I really wanted to just point out who these folks are, because they're actually surrounding you right now. If you'll raise your hand if you're actually a practitioner today or a master, so you can see we've got like six people here that are part of our team. And we've done training here, and we're going to continue to sort of continue the process of bringing Reiki to sort of Trinity because um, a lot of people wonder, is Reiki part of sort of the science of mind? And believe it or not, Reiki really has no affiliation with religion. It can be practiced anywhere. In fact, I was trained in a non-religious uh, institution here in Atlanta called the Ener Atlanta Energy Center. It was where I actually solidified my practice here with Diane Peters, who actually started the program here uh, many years ago, that really I feel so comfortable with it. Because one of the things I really was drawn to here at Trinity is the opening prayer that we do when we're actually working on someone. And it's, again, the treatment that Leticia talked about. It's sort of tapping into clearing the individual and then working on those seven energy centers to be able to clear that person. So I really wanted to just take the time to talk about what we do. I know there's many, many facets to what Reiki is. I personally tend to work in remote healing because I talked about my friend Robert. I really, every day I wake up, I sort of send him energy. And it's really from my heart to his. That's how you can actually start doing it. And, and if you're in even a situation with somebody that you're having conflict with, that can be a very, very important turning point when you use your heart energy to that person. And you can actually diffuse sort of their their hard-edged energy. And if you have a situation, practice it. You don't even have to be attuned to do this. It's important. David? Absolutely. Would you like to come up and say that? And then I just wanted to take probably one question after David, um, one or two questions, because we really do want to move on the program. But David is one of our fellow masters here, and he's our master teacher. Uh, let's go. Thank you. 
morning realizing that I had written a poem in 1978 that applied to what we're up to today. Uh, that was called Magic in the Late Afternoon. This is called Reiki between 12.30 and 1.30 on Sundays. Hello, Reiki Master. Use this Reiki on me. Nurse me this universal love. Cradle my head in your velvet vibration. Relax my brow with the soft, cool veil of peace and inner quiet. Gently, gently, oh so gently, till my heart turns. Quiet my mind. Dancing fingertips move me to an emerald sea of warm and calm and soft and sparkles. Gently, gently, oh so gently, till my heart turns. Release my lips to sing a song that brings me back to harmony. Reiki master, use this gift of Reiki energy on me. Gently, gently, oh so gently, until my heart turns. Uh, and those of you that don't know David, he actually was way ahead of his time, and he learned Reiki back in the 90s before he even really understood what it was. So we're always uh, grateful for his, his participation. You know, the wonderful thing about our team is that we all have such different backgrounds but when we come together and share experiences, it's I learn so much every time we do this. So it's incredible. Uh, I'm very grateful to Trinity and to Reverend Tony for being such a great sponsor for us because we all feel like it's part of our family. And if anybody's interested to learn a little bit more about Reiki, I would encourage you to see me or one of the other practitioners. We're always here on the first Sunday of the month and the third Thursday, or the third Sunday of the month. So from 12.30 to 1.30, as David mentioned. And uh, I encourage you, if you haven't had a Reiki session, to do that. It takes about maybe no more than 10 minutes, but I can guarantee you that you'll feel sort of, uh, you'll, you'll feel something from that experience. So with that, I wanted to take maybe one to two questions, and then I'll turn it over to Dexter to introduce Dave. Any questions from anybody? Patrice? Speed Reiki, interesting. speed. We don't really encourage speed, speed Reiki. <laughs> you know, uh, I always say that, you know, in the work that I do, you know, you never want to open the, up the patient and leave them. So it's important to go through that process. That's why I really believe in the methodology that we use, sort of doing the opening prayer, sort of doing the work and then doing the closing. And I'm not sure that's sort of what. Yeah, there may have actually been some some different energy going on there that you picked up because you're highly sensitive, I, I suspect. Yeah, yeah. 
it's unusual that you would have 10. One of the things that we do here is we do group breaky. Um, there's like probably no more than four ever. Um, and we do sort of an opening prayer with our group to start with, and then we do the work. So it's important to be sort of at the highest vibration when you're practicing as a practitioner. Um, you know, and I'm suspecting that probably some energy's got in there that sort of got, took you off your game. So do the self Reiki, you know, work with people like Diana, <laughs> who's extremely talented. So. Any other questions? And I know Chris has given me the, it's over. <laughs> if you don't, please see me afterwards. I know we're tight on time here. With that, Dexter, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you. Thank you, Leon. That was wonderful. And thank you, David. Great. Thank you. So next we're going to have Dave Hilborn, and he's a practitioner. And I think he's a member of Unity, Licensed Unity. So here's Dave Hilborn. All right. Can you hear me in the back? We're good. Great. Well, today's topic, of course, was whole Chris and then with Letitia and Leon, there's very little left for me to say. And in fact, I'm going to try to be very concise to get us back on track. So the question is, if we have all these resources available to us, why don't we use them? Why don't we use them? I, I'm going to give you at least one reason. I think is we forget who we are. We forget who we are. And this is not just a modern day problem. This is one that goes back to the time of antiquity. In Luke, the 15th chapter, we hear Jesus as our master teacher telling the story of a prodigal son who leaves his father and goes to the west for riotous living. He blows his inheritance. He's dirt poor. He's eating the husks reserved for pigs. Now, if you're Jewish or formerly Jewish or know anything about being Jewish, that is like as low as you can go. That's bad. And then in the 17th verse is the one that every single New Thought Church that has ever been and ever will be loves. And because we all steal, we all, because why? It proves our point that consciousness is everything. It's like, and then he came to himself. And that is the whole, Diane's, Diane's mind, because she knows it's true. Then he came to himself. With it. And it could be through a manner of different ways. Do we have to hit rock bottom to be able to figure that out? I certainly hope not, because Dr. Holmes left us at least three things, and Letitia covered a lot of them. I'm just going to cover three. He left us a map, M-A-P. We'll go through it. Meditation. Obvious, right? Now, back in the 80s, I know some of you are here are a little older than me. Some of you are younger than me, but there was a great book that came out. It's called Meditations for Men Who Do Too Much. My wife got it for me when I was a captain in the 82nd Airborne Division. I didn't ever have time to go through it. <laughs> she eventually, on her way out the door, left it in the bathroom and said, here's some reading for you. Great. Obviously, we have the meditation route open to us at any given time. And then we have one that is very powerful we haven't talked about today is affirmation. Affirmation. Uh, an affirmation is something that we put in present tense and it is something we say directly about us. Now, I'm going, anybody here speak Hebrew? Okay, I'm, I've, got, I've stolen this. I got debriefed by a rabbi. 
Ie aser ere. Ie aser God, I am that I am. When Moses went up to the mountain on Mount Sinai, but who should I say sent me? And the burning bush answered, Ie aser ere. I am that I am. But it's a very powerful statement. So one of the things we forget about ourselves is when we use that term, I am. How many of you said, I am forgetful. I am bad with money. I am a horrible husband, wife, la, 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 intercept relationship right there. Instead of, we've got to be very mindful of how we use that. It is one of the most powerful statements in the universe when we say it to ourselves and about ourselves. I am a, a, an outbreak of divinity. I am I'm an expression of all things divine. I am part of that. I am beauty expressing itself on a daily basis. As we used to say in the military, check, check, right? Hey, we're, we're all down with that? Hey, okay, I know you're still out there. I know you're falling. And the last one, of course, is prayer or prayer treatment. And that is a very positive thing. We've already talked about the effects of uh, positive prayer or affirmative prayer. All i got to say is we've got a lot of people going through a lot of training around here to become practitioners or those of us in practitioners and training that are here to help remind us who we are. And today our practitioner on duty is Chris. So those of you who missed the, the, the pre-show with the uh, lovely meditation, and she did cover uh, some of the parts on that about wholeness, I suggest hang around a little while and Chris would be glad to speak with you as with any of the medallion holders. In conclusion, which is not what I was going to do, but in sake of time, I'm just going to say this one to you. It's all you, and if not now, when. Back over to Dexter. Thank you very much, Dave. That was wonderful. All right, so has everybody enjoyed our day today? I surely have. Thank you, Leticia. Leon and Dave and Constance. And so now we're going to have, um, for, our, for, for our offering, we're going to have Diana Johnson to do our offering affirmation. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. Um, I'm going to say the offering affirmation and after me. Infinite mind. Infinite mind. In as and through me. In, in as and through me. Blesses and multiplies my offering. Blesses and multiplies my offering. It does its good and perfect work. It does its good and perfect work. And returns to me multiplied abundantly. And returns to me multiplied abundantly. And now we will ask the ushers to come forth and 